Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde and Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian, we're asking the questions of do churches need pastors? Fuller, you ready to find out? Let's go. Let's go. Mark, what's Dude, going on, buddy? Happy cold season and flu season. Happy cold season. Oh goodness, bro! I've been coughing like all day to get this junk out of my chest. Well, that's what. It's happens. not COVID. It's not COVID. Or is it? You were playing. soccer. I sure hope it's not COVID. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I was playing soccer, but it was before. I mean, you know, whenever you get like that first good exercise after a walk, right. my butt a lot. I mean, I've done some running outside, but nothing like pure sprint. Yeah, you're pure, getting, pure, pure sprint. You're getting a dad bod right now. What? <laughs> Skinniest guy in the world. <laughs> well, my dad bod got somebody, so it's okay. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Anyways, Mark. Uh, Drink my coffee to that one. Mark, we're going to just go ahead and move on past that. <laughs> we're past Thanksgiving. So we're past Thanksgiving. Right the week before Christmas Eve, I believe, is uh, when the nap. Next, is, is a week from today is Christmas Eve. And uh, it's, that's crazy to think about. We have been doing the podcast for a year and a half. Yeah. And for some reason, there's still people who want to listen well, to us. Well, this is episode 70. Is that right? I believe it's episode 70. Somewhere in there. So we've been we've doing... We've had some bonus episodes, too. Yep. We've had like four bonus yep. episodes. So, so just straight up episodes, we've done seventy, almost 70 hours of content for our listeners. <laughs> and some people remember our, some of our conversations go into that hour and oh. like half mark. Yeah, that's why I said almost 70 hours. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure it but, takes but no, but we have over 70 hours worth of content for RTC people to go back to. And what's crazy is how many rewind, rewinders we have. There's nothing wrong with rewinders. No, like Joe Frerichs. I'm a which, rewinder. Which, by the way, I finally saw him the other day playing soccer. Oh, man, him and Kimberly are doing good. Good. They're, little they're baby Frerichs. Little baby Frerichs. They're, they're almost at 100%. 90, 92%. 92%. So if you want to give towards the Freyricks going to Peru, listen to episode 40. All the details are right there need, in that episode. They need about $450 more per month. So they need people to give about. And it's a Christmas season. So, you know, rather than just wasting your money on toys that are going to be thrown away, maybe I mean, do something to help the kingdom. Even if you do $25 a month, that puts them closer to just a little bit closer. being able to go and spread the gospel to people in Peru. It's a really cool story with him and Kimberly. So that, that was episode 40. Right. Um, but 30 episodes ago. Oh, my goodness, dude. That was, that was a long time. By the way, we have some. I mean, I was even talking with someone else, and they were like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm at episode like 30. And I'm like, you you just found the podcast like two months ago, dude. He goes, I know. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you got a long way to go, though, to catch up. I mean, <laughs> we don't even. We haven't even listened to all of our episodes. I'm not a rewinder on our episodes, but I am on other podcasts like. You know, ask Pastor John mm, or yep. the you know dudes and dads. Sometimes I'll miss unbelievable it. for me. Unbelievable. I'm a rewinder yep, for that yep, one. I do and, that um, one. Apologia Studios. Yep, I listen to them. So I I'm do a uh, JD Greer Summit Life with JD Greer. They take his sermons and split them in half, so they're like 20 minute segments. So it's, you get part one and then part two. But they do every single day, five days a week. It's I'm insane. A, I'm an insight for living with Chuck Swindoll. Oh, I'm in the six figure freelancer podcast. Oh, freelancer academy podcast. We're just gonna keep going tip for tat here, are we? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. But either way, we love our podcast yeah, community, man. Yeah, we do. We do. So uh, 
What are we drinking tonight? This Dude, is some special. Okay, I got you. the bag right here. That, People can that, see it. Are you it. sure that's not last week's bag? Okay, I just so made sure. So this is, uh, so last three episodes, because we did three episodes in a row last week. That was nuts. We recorded three well, episodes that night. We're doing three tonight, too. Oh, this my goodness. First but so we did the birthday cake coffee. Birthday cake? From the, I say it wrong. Uh, is it Delos? Delos Cafe? I'm going to uh, say it like an American. Delos or Delos. De, uh, Delos Cafe. De, Delos Cafe. So we did the birthday cake where they had the actual sprinkles inside the like coffee grounds. We ground that up. This right. is Cafe Nine. Oh, sorry, Cafe Fourteen. Yeah. This is one of their signatures. Actually, it's pretty good. It's one of their signatures. It's um, Irish cream, and I think there's a little bit of caramel, um, but it's sweet. It is very. But the taste is more mellow. Like we even after we were doing it, we're like, it seems really light. It, did. it doesn't. It, it didn't did. seem that dark in the French press. Right. But it's nice, smooth. It's low acidity. It's got it's, a good hit. It's nice. It's nice. Like, you know, normally, like, you talk about this a lot. When you get the flavored coffee, you get that chemical taste. Yeah, there's no chemical almost. taste to this at all. Last one had a little bit. A little bit. The birthday cake. Yeah. birthday cake. You can't, you I'm can't wondering put, if that was just the sprinkles that had it. Mm. You know what I mean? Because they had, like, little sprinkles in there, too. With right, coffee. right. So I'm wondering if that's what that was. No, from. this is just a good hit, man. It's just a good, smooth, sweet. So if you want sweet. some, you can come visit us in South Bend. It's on Ooh. my mug. South Bend's on my mug. And come find RTC if you want to. And hit the South Bend Farmer's Market for Delos Cafe, Cafe 14 Roast. I got to get some more roasts because they have like 60 different roasts that they have. They have a Santa's White Christmas. Maybe I should have gotten that for this, this got, series of episodes. Got, I'm going to make you some of that. What? I got the stuff to make you Okay, some what do you put in Santa's White Christmas? In case you're all you. wondering. Well, I know. Isn't it like a coconut? Isn't that? There, that's one of the ingredients. That's one of the ingredients is coconut yeah. and uh, n- nutmeg. Is that another that's one? That's another one. I mean, it's basically like... This one's called Santa's Christmas Cookies is what it's going to oh, be. It's a recipe for it. So definitely nutmeg in so, there. So I'm going to make it for you. We're going we're gonna to drink it. I'm excited. We're going to drink My it. My voice just cracked again. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited to jump into today's episode. Because tonight, in between me coughing a lot, we're right. talking about do churches even need pastors. And we're going right. to jump in this conversation now because there's no reviews. No reviews. So we have nothing to read. So we're going People to... People are letting us down. <coughs> so oh, the excuse cough. the cough. I'm COVID. not as quick on the... It's not COVID. Rona. <laughs> Coronavirus. Cardi B. Anyways, let's dive into it. Do churches need pastors? Didn't you know this is kind of something that is an interesting conversation because... If, if people have been listening for a little while, they know that we have differencing opinions on how church structure should be. Oh, yeah. But the one thing we don't disagree on is, is the there supposed the pastor, to be a pastor? Right. So, you know, we talked about house church and mega church and medium church and little church and big church and no church and, and false church and, and, uh, <laughs> and the true church and all the different churches. But do they need pastors? And, mm. you know... Um, being in the pastoral world, I mean, you can just look over at my bookshelf. I have so many different books that, oh, sorry, top shelf behind the air pump. Um, of I got stuff from John MacArthur about being a pastor. I got stuff from a pastor over in Chicago, youth ministry, pastoral ministry. All these different books are telling me, okay, here's how you need to pastor. And there's so many articles and reviews and people speaking into it. And I'm like, okay, so well, I remember I always had that struggle of what was my role as a pastor because, mm. you know, I would have expectations on myself. Church people would have expectations on me. My boss, you know, another, like the lead pastor would have expectations on me. My denomination had expectations on me as well. So it's like, as a church goer, when you look at your pastor, you normally see him as just the man at the pulpit preaching on Sundays. Right. And the biggest question that <laughs> pastors are asked are, so what do you do the rest of your week? 
Like, that's one of the biggest questions Pastor Rev is like, okay, so you preach for one hour. What do you do the rest of your week, man? Take the rest of the week off. Like, we go golfing. Yeah. We go canoeing. <laughs> I'm out on... Have you heard the old joke of, like, uh, a pastor was out on visitation, and the name of his boat was Visitation? Oh, that's funny. So if his wife... So if someone ever came to his house, his wife would be like, oh, no, he's out on visitation right now. Oh, right. bless his soul. In reality, nah, he's fishing over by the, by the lake. I'm like, that's the greatest joke <laughs> of all times. But, you wow. know... Before we jump into it, I could, this is kind of the, the thought I have for tonight episodes, bro. So, so, let's, so let's switch it, me man. on it. So I'm, my I'm first going to let you lead this one out. I want to talk about what are common views of the pastoral role in the church. Like, what are common views not, that people have? Not true views, but common views. Common views, yes, common views. And, and there's always a little bit of truth in them, but some people will view these as the only purpose for that. And then out of that, go into, okay, so what are Christians called to do for one another? And right. then after we debrief that, again, ask the question of, do we even need a pastor if we're following what the Bible actually says? Man, I'm just going to sit back and let you right. roll. I like all the notes you have. I've I've given my blessing, and when I don't disagree, You've I'll given speak. my blessing. When I disagree, <laughs> I'll speak up. <laughs> Have you blessed me with holy water yet? Um, holy coffee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> People are like, oh. That was nasty, bro. Yeah, but, all right, so here are, uh, I would say, three. Three common views. There's many different views, but here's three. The three most common. The three most common. And this is, the, the first one is probably the, the most common in today's big church culture. And that is the CEO of an organization. This the, is the type A's, the type A's. And the, this is the, if you listen to Andy Stanley, this is his big thing. Carrie yep. uh, Newoff, another guy that I listened to, um, he talks about that if a pastor does not view himself as a CEO in that role, he's going to burn himself out. And what does that mean? Which I think is actually a really, really just... I don't know, fascinating thought to, to, to even think about going forward with that. Um, but the CEO of organization basically is the fact of, you know, okay, in, in church life, you have spreadsheets and budgets and you're managing people and managing things. The lead pastor is oftentimes also like the boss. So he also has staff that's underneath of him. Um, so you have, you know, associate pastors, you have laymen, you have uh, youth pastors, all these different things. So basically this lead pastor is running a business that's, that also preaches. And I just want to point out that this typically only happens in Western culture. Oh, for sure, dude. Just want to throw that. Or if you're Catholic, then it happens in Catholic. The Catholic yep. Church is very much like yeah, but, this too. but very much. But very typically, much you won't find. Yeah, you won't find this um, anywhere else in the world. So okay, continue. That's all. Yeah. I, okay. So so with the CEO, a lot of times it's the fact of there actually is a business to run, and your job is to get the people in the right place to to do the mm -hmm. work of the church. It's mainly a leadership role, put, top down leadership role. Put the aces in the holes. Correct. Correct. Make sure you have the right people on the bus, and when they're in the bus, put them right. in the right seats. Right. Um, another one, which I think this is probably one of the more common roles, um, is the the priest role. In other words, you are the person that is between God and man, right. which is You're you see advocate. a lot of times like in confessional chambers where you have the, the, the classic, 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 the classic. Wow. That was really bad. I feel like I hear this like metal ringling in my ears. Maybe my headphones are sh getting shot. I don't know. Do you hear anything I don't funny? Hear anything. I hear something funny. Are you sure it's not me jingling the, the cat's? It's, it's oh. you jingling the cat's toy. I'm playing with my... Oh, you're playing with the cat's toy. I'm like, what on earth is jingling in my ears? But Sorry, I'll kick but it away. But the, uh, the priest role you see a lot of times in the Catholic Church where it's like, you know, you have to have someone to go on before you on behalf of you for God. You and see this in the Israel culture. Right, I was going to say, this was based highly out of the, the Old Testament type culture. And that's not to say that the people of Israel and uh, people who view their pastor as a priest 
aren't spiritual, but it's the fact no. of you can't go to God unless this person goes There's for ad, you. You have an advocate. So it's almost like the priest goes and it's like Moses. You go up to Mount Sinai, you go into your, your pastoral studies, you bring right. God's word out to us and you minister to us. So basically my job is, now I'm not saying my job, but if a pastor even viewed themselves as this, is my job is I'm the man of God who's telling you how to live for God right. because you need me to tell you how to live for Jesus. Right. Um, and, and then on top of that, even more so with the priest role is where there are people in the church where it's the fact of the pastor is like the spiritual sage and he's the one who feeds me and I have to go to church to learn about God. And he's the one who's his, his sole job is to teach me about God. That's not my job. That's his job. Right. And I sit under him to learn about God, which I think this is a role that, most people wouldn't say, oh, I don't I, I don't view my pastor as a priest. But let's be honest, most people live their lives as if their pastor is their priest. The only time they crack open their Bibles was on Sunday morning. Between 1030 and 1130. <laughs> and let's be honest, now with apps and verses on the screens, they don't even need to bring their Bibles anymore. Right. So, um, And then the last one, which I think is the most common one, is the fixer of life's problems. When life is going wrong, the pastor is expected to fix it. The pastor is the chip gains of Christianity. Ooh. He's the fixer-upper. What's... Uh, <laughs> What's the name of their, I mean, I know it's Magnolia, but. Um, fixer Upper. Well, I know Fixer Upper, but what's the name of their line at Target? Magnolia line. Is it? I thought there was something Magnolia. else. Magnolia. Is it just Magnolia? Mm -hmm. Someone needs to make a Magnolia church. Ooh. Where did you just the church of Fixer Upper. We're fixing up lives for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm your pastor, Chip Gaines. Uh, I love that show. I love those Asking guys. Asking on HGTV. Well, actually now the Magnolia Network. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the fixture life problems. In other words, like my marriage is messed up. Pastor, I expect you to fix it. Or this right. was me as a youth pastor. Um, why is my teenager acting the way he is? Well, I don't know, Karen, because I see him one time a week. And if even if that, so technically he's your responsibility to fix oh, no. that, not the youth pastor's you see, You see him twice a week. Just both on the same day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, but there's so many parents who view the youth pastors that way. It's like, right. my kid's messed up. My kid doesn't follow Jesus. Well, last time I checked, you were their parents. So, yeah. But, you know, we see all these different scenarios where it's like, hey, I need this help. I need this help, whether it's spiritually, whether it's physically, whether it's financially, maybe even spiritually. I don't even know. Right. But at the end of the day, the pastor's job is to fix all of my problems. Mm. And we don't have a lot of time to go into why, though. Like, we're not going to spend, like, multiple blog, there's we, multiple blog posts and things or whatnot. Well, we can come back around. We can come back. End. But at the end of the day, those three things in and of themselves are not the role of the pastor. The pastor was never told you're going to be the CEO. Right. The pastor was never told you're going to be the priest. Well, the the church, pastor was never told you're going to go and fix everyone's crap. The church, one, was never supposed to be run like a business. Mm -mm. To the, it was a movement. The church was a movement. Well, yeah. That became, right. had bank accounts eventually. Yes. And, and Christendom. And, and that may end with the president-elect coming in, but we'll <clears> see. <throat> I'm not going to speak to that. I'm not worried. But, uh, and then the priesthood, um, that was a, a Judaic uh, type of service, which is nothing wrong with that. That's how God uh, required the Israelites to serve, but... Um, it's changed since then because mm -hmm. Christ is our priest now. Ooh, I he's, think there's a whole book of Hebrews on that. He's an advocate to the Father and yep. not, not man. Mm -hmm. And then the fixer of life's problems, again, man is not the fixer of life's problems. It's it's God. But. And, and and you're supposed to take responsibility for yourself, too. Right. You know, you yeah. can't expect, like, I can't walk right. in with a broken marriage and say, hey, can you fix this? And then the guy turned around and goes, uh, you're going to need to work on yourself. Um, fix it, Felix Jr. I, don't even, I, I didn't it. ask you to fix me. I asked you to fix her right? or this right. or the, my kids or my parents or right. whatever. Um, but, you know, before we go into the, the, the role of the pastor, I think it's first good to hit of what are Christians even called to do 
for each, each other. other. Yeah. The one another. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, let's I remember. Let's hear them. Man. So okay, so there's positive commands and negative commands. We're just focused on the positive Ooh, today. We're just, just focused on we're the positive, just, not the negatives. We're gonna go Joe Olstein and just be positive, Correct. guys. Just. Just the inspiration Well, the negatives cube. are all on the backside. We're, like, we're bringing out the inspiration cube for you. Like the negatives so. are like, don't sleep with your father's wife and don't steal them and don't murder your neighbor. And so like basically the Ten commandments. commandments. <laughs> Anyways. Ma'am, I'm sorry about my cough, ladies and gentlemen. It's giving me my, my deep voice too, though. Um, but here's some positive commands. These are the one another's in scriptures. Um, the first one is love one another, John 13, 34. And this commands, I thought this was interesting. This command occurs at least 36 times in scripture, 36 times. Um, and by the way, these are all just New Testament. These aren't even Old Testament. So we're called to love one another. Another one is uh, be devoted to one another. In other words, like not just, you know, look out for my interest, but be devoted to look out for your interest as well. Um, we're supposed to honor one another above yourself. You're supposed to live in harmony and peace with one another. You're supposed to build up and encourage one another. Um, you're supposed to be like-minded towards others, um, accepting of one another, not accepting of one another's sin, but the fact of like the rich and the poor. Yeah, you're not you're not putting you're not treating in that in that analogy, you're not treating rich people better than you treat right. Poor. And that's First Corinthians where it's like the rich people sit in the front, you send the poor. No, no, right. no. We're you're my footstool. There's you're neither poor. Greek or there's neither um, Jew nor Jordan Greek. Or Greek, slave or free, right. male or female. But we're all one in Christ. Right. Um, that's what it means by accept one another. Um, another one is admonish one another, which I think that's a Ooh. good classic King Jimmy, King Jimmy verse right there. Admonish yeah, one another. Um, build each other up. Another one is greet one another. In other words, don't be cold. Don't be a jerk. Don't do the classical church thing. Don't where you go be to a Karen. Sit. <laughs> Love thy Karens, people. Um, another one is care for one another, serve one another, bear one another's burdens, forgive one another, be patient with one another, speak the truth in love. Oh, you like that one. I do. Um, so speak to one another in uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Be kind and compassionate towards one another. Submit to one another. Mm. Not just... Wives submit to husbands, but everyone is called to submit themselves to, to others. Consider yourself better. You're not supposed to consider others better than yourself. Yeah. Look to the interests of one another. Bear with, in other words, deal with one another. Teach one another. Comfort. Ex, uh, encourage one another. Extort one another. In other words, encourage others towards good works um, in Jesus. Stir up, which is, you know, provoke or stimulate one another towards loving good works. Show hospitality towards one another. Employ the gifts that God has given us for the benefit of one another. Clothe thyselves with humility towards one another. Pray for one another and confess your faults and your sins to one another. So, and if you're doing all that, guess what? You're displaying the fruits of the spirit. <laughs> that's it, dude. It's and last time I checked, you know, every one of these goes back to loving your neighbor right. as yourself and loving God. Right. Like literally, I mean, we went back to it the last what whole season basically is love God, love others. Right. Like that's that, that's been the kind of the kind of the the resounding theme of the season. But that's the reason. That's the that's the theme of Jesus, right. too. You that's know, the theme, that's, that's the theme, theme of the Bible. That's the theme of the Bible. So, so you see all these different things in all of these one another's and. The question is, is if this is what Christians are called to do, not unbelievers, but if this is what Christians are called to do towards one another, why do we even need a pastor? Oh, yeah, top me off with some coffee, my dude. But why do we even need a pastor to watch over and care for the church if the Christians are called to care for one another? I think right. that's the big question is— Technically, do we need a pastor? I think is a valid question. And then, if we have them, why do we even have them? Right. 
So I guess the question is, is if, if Christians are called to do this, do we even need a pastor? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Why, why, why do you think so? Because we need them. Because we... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. See you guys later. Podcast over. No, um, I mean... I hate to steal your thunder because you have so nah, many bro, good, this is you have our so thunder. many good notes. I know, bro. That's our thunder. But you, you've you've found the verses and makes it easier for me. Yeah, <laughs> lightning before the thunder, baby. I'm the lightning. You're the um, thunder tonight. I mean, the very first point you have on here is that pastors exist to shepherd shepherd God's people in local church until yep. Christ returns. And this is something that we've talked about extensively over our friendship about the the shepherd and and as a shepherd, there's several things that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you break the legs of the sheep when they walk away. That's, what? That's the first thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if if one of your sheep that you're in charge of it's walks away, wa- it keeps wandering, wanders away. Not. And it's not if, the first if, time. If you know sheep, if, sheep if, are dumb. If, right, but it's sheep not just dumb. if the one time. It's it's if the keep if the right. sheep keeps being dumb, dumb. Right. The, keeps stepping the, the into shepherd, dumb. The shepherd breaks it, but breaks the legs of the sheep. But not only just breaks legs of the sheep, but then tends and cares for the sheep and afterwards. Carries the sheep on its yeah. back. On so his back. Th- there's a huge difference. People will be like, "Well, that's not right." Pastors break my legs. Like, like oh, you're gonna just destroy my spirit because I'm doing something wrong, and that's not right. Not only is gonna destroy your spirit by calling you out in gentleness and love, and in truth. But then he's going to walk with you. He's going to take care of you to make sure you are built back up and that you never leave the flock again. And it's not his flock. He's just the under shepherd. Huh? You like yep, that? Yep, I like that one. He's the under shepherd of the great shepherd. Um, and this comes out of First Peter 5, 1 through 5, which I'm a little disappointed that you didn't like put down the verses so we could read them. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, so it's... It, I'll pull them up. We'll read them. We'll read them. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. No, we're going to read them. You called me out. We are going to read them. It's like, no, we are going to read them. All right, now I'm just going to wait an awkward silence. You're just going to wait now. an awkward silence. Um, but the, to go back to it, talking about um, the church hurting us and hurting one another. Right. We talked about that in a previous episode of when the church hurts us. Um, right. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember what numbers. I'll put the link in the show notes, <laughs> yeah. though. Okay. Um, for that episode. But so here's First Peter 5, yeah, 1 re- through 5. Re- read it off and then I'll move on. In the, uh, the, the CSB, the Christian Standard. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseen out of compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not out of greed of money, but eagerly, not lording it over those who entrust you, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders and clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. First Peter 5, 1 through 5. All right, that's the end of the podcast. I mean, right there, that's why you need pastors. And, and right, but but I, but I guess the, but, the question, though, is the fact of, but Christians are already called to do this, so why do we need a pastor in the first place? Well, so you know? let's get into the second part. So okay. we talked about, as a shepherd, right, we're going to use the, this analogy of the shepherd. The shepherd, if the, the sheep wanders away, mm-hmm. um, you know, he goes out and gets the, and brings the sheep back to the flock. Um, and as a pastor, you're doing this to as an under-shepherd to the great shepherd. Right, right. And like, Not for your own gain. Not, but. Right, yeah. There, it shouldn't be anything for you. It should only be for that person to bring them back to God, which is what Galatians talks about. It's mm-hmm. filled with. Um, the second thing is, is what, is a, what does a shepherd do? Well, he protects the sheep from wolves or outside dangers, okay? So right. if, if you guys know anything about, so we have to look at this in the context of when it was written. So back then, shepherds would corral uh, or, or protect. They would get all their sheep herded into one area, and then they would sleep outside the gate. to Like fend, they were the gate. Yeah, to fend off any type of danger mountain lion, stuff like that, that may 
approach and try to encroach on the flock to um, demolish or um, devastate the mm-hmm. flock. And so he was there as the protector. And likewise, a pastor is there to make sure that um, good sound theology is there. <laughs> so I guess the question is, is are, are people not able to do that in and of themselves? You know, So they can. Um, the, the issue is not whether they can't do that for themselves. The issue comes to more or less of teachings and false teachers and even what um, Paul refers to in some of his letters to the church as um, antichrist. We see that in mm-hmm. first, first and second Thessalonians. He says, you know, there are antichrists already here. This is back 2,000 years ago. So it's a misnomer to think there's only one antichrist at the end of all things that's the bad guy. But there was already anti, what Paul would call there's anti. There's many anti. Even right. today's world, there's many anti. Right. It just and what's goes antichrist? Against Jesus. It's against the gospel. Right. And, he, and Paul says... Paul says to the uh, to Thessalonians, I believe, them or the Corinthians, he says that uh, it was to the Bereans, to the Berean Christians. What, what, who was that? What book was that in? Is that the Thessalonians? The Bereans? I think yeah. it's Acts. Is it Acts? Okay, so it's Acts. Well, I'm way off. But he was talking, at least I know who the people were. <laughs> he told the Bereans that he was proud of them for going and fact-checking Paul. Mm-hmm. The Paul, 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 the apostle. Paul was preaching the gospel. He's like, I am proud of you for fact-checking me to make sure what I am teaching you lines up with Scripture, lines up with, with the Tanakh at that time, mm-hmm. the, the Old Testament. Um, but also lines up with what other, the other disciples were saying. They were they were all con- coinciding together in their message. Right. Um, so again, it's not a bad thing to um, we're we're called in Second Timothy to go and study to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. Right. Which rightly dividing, if you take the King Jimmy version of it out of there, and you actually go back to the Greek text, the Greek text. I, I'm trying to remember if it was. I said it earlier and I forgot how to pronounce it. It's a really long word. But yeah, I'm, I, uh, I never heard it. I'm, I'm hard. I'm hard. Um, I'm not that great with Greek, uh, or at least pronunciation. But the word actually that is there means um, to teach correctly. Okay, so it's a, it's a matter of teaching, not d- dividing up the scripture of well, this is the Old Testament, this is the New Testament, um, but it's rightly teaching mm. the the text that is there, and so um, part of that teaching comes with. Um, teachers from within the flock, that mm. same flock of teachers from with outside that flock. And we just talked about how, you know, we shouldn't have dissension in the church, right? We should submit ourselves to one another. We should do these things. But the problem is we don't. We don't. And we also have to remember that those who are a pastor, mm-hmm. right, the, the under shepherd, are placed there by God for the protection of us, for the teaching of us, for the correction of us. And we should be doing this for each other. But they are kind of like the, the one if... If they've been chosen by God and placed in that position of authority, God has given them the, the authority to be the overseers mm-hmm. of that flock. And so we need to submit ourselves to the overseers and not cause dissension amongst the flock. Right. And we even see in, you know, first Corinthians 12, I was, I was pulling up and looking at it where we talked about there's different gifts that, that God gives towards one another. Some is teaching, some is discernment, some right. is the gifts of prophecy, some is the gift of mercy and right. grace and hospitality. Right. And Usually, or even the gift of administration, but it, and you know. it doesn't make you any less. No, it's just you're not that's a, pastor, a gift that, right. that that's just a gift. You like right. like something for me. Um, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, or my <laughs> own horn or anything. Um, but it, you and I are both the same way in this, though. Is we can read a sentence and we can determine a lot of what a person's beliefs are based off that sentence, right? Because we can look at it and be like, okay, 
the most Christians wouldn't catch this one little caveat, but this right. one word changes everything. Right. So that's when you go, okay, so what do you mean by this one word? Oh, it means this. Okay, now you're way off base. Yeah. But most right. Christians wouldn't be able to catch it. And that's not to say all Christians should or should not. It's just the fact of the matter, you know? Yeah, definitely. And in, t- in today's world, we have seminaries for pastors because we want to make sure that when they do divide the word of truth and they do try to understand the scriptures, they're not doing it wrong. Right. They're not doing and, it poorly. And, and the Apostle Paul went to the desert with Peter for three years, even to study. Well, that's... After being a Pharisee. It's, it's assumed that it was with Peter. That's but true. I've, I've, heard, I've heard other theories that say he was draw, taught directly by, by Christ himself. And I've heard that, too. And, I've actually heard that and, one, too. And because the Bible doesn't say, I don't hold true or be dogmatic right. about but one way even, or the other. Even the Apostle Paul, who studied to be a Pharisee, right. like... He want, had to be taught by somebody. He had to go be taught about the for another right. three. So it's not to say that you shouldn't go have some sort of an education to understand the scriptures. Right. I mean, that's what we're even trying to do with the podcast right now is right, help exactly. educate the scriptures. But ultimately, going back to the pastor, you know, certain people just have a better gift of looking at a, a thing. And, go, are you a wolf or are you a sheep? Right. And that's the thing. It's all about gifting. Um, you know, you could be gifted, and I'm. this is you because you're sitting here. Oh, thank you. But you could be gifted in... Um, you know, um, the spirit of discernment. Mm-hmm. Okay. You could discern spirits. Uh, and what we mean by spirits is not like Casper, the friendly ghost. No, but is it a spirit of God or spirit of man or right. spirit of it, Satan? It's basically discerning the teaching. Mm-hmm. And I could have the spirit of teaching and you might be discerning what I'm teaching. And this is how we work together. Like I might be a terrible teacher, but I can right. sift through it. Right. And then there's other people who they're like, you know, I've known people that are like, Hey, I'm, I, <laughs> They're like, I love Jesus. I don't like to get into those big theological minutiae. I just want to love on people, open my house. Right. That's a beautiful gift. Yeah, the exactly. gift. The gift of hospitality. The gift of prayer. I mean, there's all sorts of gifts right. that are out there. Um, and and we don't all have the same gifts. And which, certain which, pastors have different gifts because some pastors suck at teaching. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> and some pastors suck at loving. They can sp- speak the truth, but suck at loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so the purpose of all these gifts and each person getting different gifts is to force us to come together and not forsake the assembly underneath of the, the underneath the, the, the person with, with the person with the gifting of the under shepherd. Mm-hmm. So God has given them that gifting, just like he's given us all of our giftings and we are expected to play a role. It's just like in a marriage, a wife, uh, in theory is no less than a husband. You know, they're not right. stupid or something like they're that. The same or, and equal dignity, th- value and worth. Exactly. But they have different roles. roles. And that's what we're talking about here. A pastor has a different role. He has a higher role to oversee the church and protect from the wolves. Right. And so let me bounce off that one because that Go was just, that was the pastor protecting the flock, right. but the pastor is also called to lead the flock because right. you protect them, but you also have to take them And Someone once said leadership is, taking someone where they need to go, not necessarily where they want to go. Because sometimes it's hard to be disciplined and and be told, no, that way of thinking is incorrect right. or you're out of line here and whatnot. Um, but I just want to read this exact quote. And, and all four of these points are actually from uh, uh, Tim Challies, uh, chimchallies.com, right. which... We say that to everybody. I don't agree with them on everything. But this one was a beautifully written article. But um, for pastors shepherding God's people by leading them, this is actually his third point. We just skipped over it. Um, This is an exact quote for him. Sheep are wandering creatures who are prone to meander out of safety and into all kinds of dangers. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. They need a shepherd who will lead and guide them. In much the same way, Christians need pastors who will provide leaderships. This is a specific form of leadership, though, that better equips them to fulfill the ministry to which God has called them. They carry out this leadership by setting an example in godly character, knowing that the pastor's standards for character is really the standard 
for every Christian. Now, there's a lot in that quote. Um, and then, you know, this is the verse from First Peter where it's, um, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, being examples to the flock. And that's what was, that was in First Peter 5. Right. Um, you know, and the, there, there's a couple different things. One is the fact of, it says, um, the character of the pastor should be the character of every Christian. So it's not like the fact of, oh, Christians can do whatever, and the pastors are held to a higher level of character. It's like, no, 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 no. We all need to be in this. Mm-hmm. Just because he's the preacher doesn't mean he's the pinnacle. And it's like, oh, I'll never be like him, so I can do whatever. We're all called to follow Jesus with everything that we are, right? Whether you're a pastor or not, and, and we all have to answer, correct, for our own accord, correct. And but but with pastors being the leaders, this is what I thought was interesting: is it's not to lead them to do what the pastor wants them to do. Now that's part of leadership, but you know, this is from another source. It says that pastors equip us to do the work of the ministry for building up the body. Mm-hmm. That other source is the Bible itself. Right. <laughs> Ephesians 4, where what's right. the, what the job of the pastor is to prepare people and equip the saints for ministry. Right. Now, there is a, there is a, a flip side to all this. Right? Mm, okay, so, so okay, we, so okay. We, talk, we keep talking about the role of pastors and, and you know, leading and protecting and shepherding. And, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's two points I want to I bring. I'm going to bring up the easy point first. Okay. And I'm going to play off of something that you hold de- near and dear to. And oh, that, I know what it is. I know and, what it is. And that's your, your playground theology. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to spin it in a different way of not, the, not the will of God. Okay. But the um, way a shepherd shepherds oh okay so there's certain boundary so there's, blocks. there's a boundary block and you're allowed to play you're allowed to graze as a sheep in this certain boundary so mm-hmm. um th- it's not like the the shepherd is going to micromanage every blade of grass that each sheep has to eat right no he's going to say within this boundary you're protected and i can i can help and protect and lead and guide and even about talk about the plurality of elders too right you know? and so um but once you get outside here there's two things that I have to do. And that one is either I have to go out and I have to break your leg and bring you back <laughs> or you meander and you get eaten, you get eaten. <laughs> and those are the two, the two things that could happen. Now <coughs> your coughing is, is flipping over to me. Um, I've been coughing that direction though. The, the flip side to this, the, the other side of this coin. Okay. Okay. We talked about wolves and sheep's clothing and there are pastors and leaders mm. that can be this. And we see this through, and I hate naming names. You know how I feel about this. I, I like to. Well, do we it. don't need a name. I like them. to. I like to do it in gentleness and love. But I'm going to throw out a very well known person. Mm, okay. And that's Kenneth Copeland. Mm. Kenneth Copeland, um, his theology, his view of the gospel does not line up with scripture. Does not. Not even in the closest sense does it line up with scripture. I'm going to get rid of this screen up here. Driving me nuts. Um, it's a pop up. It is a pop up. But uh, <laughs> so it. it for a leader, a shepherd to be a good leader, shepherd, pastor, their theology and what they're teaching and what they're doing has to line up with scripture, right? So we're submitted. It's just like the government issue that we talked about a few podcasts ago. Okay. We have to submit ourselves to that leadership, to that pastoralship, unless it goes against what scripture, scripture directly um, tells us and right. teaches us. And at that point, we have to obey the higher authority, which is, which God. is God. And at that point, the church should come together and deal with the leader. And that's why I like that. That's why the plurality of elders is a better model for church because like even for our church, like, you know, we have Scott, who's the lead pastor. And then I was on the elder board, pastor Brando was on the elder board. And so were three other lay elders. Right. So, and we were not yes men. Like Scott would have ideas and I would push back on them. Well, Brando would push back and be like, that's not, I, I know where you're going at, but I don't know if that's the right 
call for that decision or, or like, Hey, here's the decision we need to make. And like they, whether it comes to church structure, what, where's the vision going, where's uh how church discipline's going to work, like right. all these different things. Like you can't just have one person who becomes a dictator. And right. that's why, you know, you see what's the role of the pastor is to, you know, equip others. We're not called to demolish others. We're called to equip and or, give them the resources. Or to dictate to others. Or to dictate. <laughs> um, and we even talked about that in other passages when we read through the role of a pastor. And the right. role is, it, it's your, it is that First Peter 5 where the fact of you shouldn't be a pastor to gain anything. Right. It's not for your own personal name and your own money right. or whatever. You're, you're going as a sacrifice. Oh, yeah. It's full of sacrifices mm-hmm. to your family, to your finances, to, to every aspect of your life. Right. It's a sacrifice. And, and this is what I like to think about, you know, with God's shepherds leading the people. You know, if all the sheep didn't have a shepherd, they'd be going off in a bunch of different directions. That's kind right. of the idea of, like, there's too many cooks in the kitchen, right. you know? Yep. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. You ain't going to cook a meal. Someone might be cooking up, like, the, the, the marinara sauce for a pizza while they're cooking some, you know, they're cooking a burger. Back there, they're cooking something completely something else. <laughs> they're cooking else. fish and chips. <laughs> like everyone's cooking something different. You're yeah. like, where's the meal? Right. There's just a bunch of different pieces, but you right. got to have a, a, a head chef to help make sure you have the resources you need, but what right. are we trying to do together? Right, exactly. So, uh, but let's, let's keep moving so we don't take too long. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, but so we've had so far, oh, we got something else I just, to add? I, I'm, I only have one more thing, and oh. that's just that I just want to hit the point of this is why we study individually to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm is in order to make sure that the person that is leading ahead of us, because they, we submit ourselves to them, they submit our, themselves to us. It's it's an open relationship. It's not one per- brother is, is put up higher on a pedestal than the other. We all must submit, we saw this earlier, submit to each other mm-hmm. and then submit to God. And we watch out for each other. And it's not in a malice way because we see throughout Galatians, um, through uh, Ephesians, that we're supposed to do things and be patient with each other, be kind to each other, be loving to each other, be gentle with each other. So even in correcting, so when the pastor's correcting us, we should be he should be doing that to us. And when we're correcting as a church body, which doesn't happen, shouldn't happen that often, mm-hmm. but if it happens, it should be done with gentleness and love, with scripture at the center or center right. of it, and not my opinion, and and not out of a you hurt me or I didn't like the things you did. So I'm going to st- tell you and put you in your place. No, it should never be that. It should only be out of love for the other person that that's the reason why you're correcting. That goes back to speaking the truth and love. Right. Um, and every pastor is going to do it differently because there of the personality. But, and there are, but and, there's a common but that's, denominator. That's where they need to have that eldership board to make sure that the person who is best equipped and gifted to be able to handle it handles the issue. Mm. And, but we have to be able to study to know what the Bible says, to know if, hey, did that, you know, pastor said, um, I don't know. I can't even think right now. Pastor said, that, you know, something, and I don't think it's right. Well, he said it because here's the scripture that says it. Like he's just, he's parroting what God says. So pastor's not in the wrong. You're in the wrong in this instance. Or no, he's way off. He's teaching um, name it, claim it theology, which mm-hmm. is not biblical whatsoever. And so now I have to be like, okay, I'm called to go to him, and then if he doesn't listen, I should be going to the elder board and saying, "Hey, this is what I see." And if the elder board won't listen, well, then, then what do me. we do? Then, then at that point, and that's when it's at right. that point you might just have to leave that exactly. body. And, exactly. At that point, you have to make that decision which, for yourself. And that goes into another role: the pastor, where you know the pastor shepherds God's people by feeding them. Right. You know, the pastor is called to teach and to admonish and to build up. And um, you know, Titus one nine says he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also rebuke those who contradict it. Right. Um, so the idea of, you know, you, you, 
we are in charge of our own personal walks. Yep. I firmly believe that. You cannot expect a pastor to literally carry you the entire way. However, right. the pastor's job is to teach and to equip and to and, and that's where the, the, the sermons come from and the, right. the, the Bible studies and whatnot. We should be doing that on our own with our own brothers and sisters. Right. But, you know, the pastor is kind of the gatekeeper of theology, too, when you're teaching biblical truth and doctrine from the pulpit, from he the is, stage. He is another avenue of that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I agree with that, that, that he is an, a, a great avenue because mm-hmm. he has, he's been an understudy. Right. He's gone through and, and really committed and devoted himself to the study, whereas the layman, most of the time, you know, okay, I'll, I'll do my devotions in the morning or at right. night. And they haven't committed years and years and years to study. Like, that's their commitment. That's what they're doing to be mm-hmm. able to equip the saints. So you shouldn't take what a pastor is teaching lightly. Right. <laughs> but you shouldn't just take his word for it either. Mm-hmm. You should always test every spirit. But you also shouldn't be one who's sitting there who's carrying every single word he exactly. ever said. Well, exactly. No, you should be going through the scripture with him and saying, okay, yeah, I see this. Oh, I don't see this. Maybe instead of going and being a Karen and and saying, hey, you didn't do this and this is wrong, why don't you go and ask questions? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. And, and can I make a one, one quick little just mark rabbit trail and come back in sure if the pastor missed a point in his message in terms of like he was a little off base don't correct him right after the service no, is done no 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 wait till monday tuesday or give just him a phone call or afterwards hey just go walk up to hey pastor i'd like to talk to you about this when you have time could you give me a call yeah and that's let, perfect and leave it on him for when he has and don't time. just say pastor i need to talk with you no it's like no. Hey, i want to talk to you about again uh, i'm gonna talk about something that you mentioned in the search i'm trying to fi- uh, help i'm trying to better understand it and, and don't cool. be accusatory either. no ask questions find right. out really where he's coming from Maybe he didn't bring up that point because it wasn't relevant to the overall message, and he wasn't saying that that wasn't. Because you can't say everything in forty minutes, right? Exactly. So, um, but the last one is, you know, and this one we'll 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 just touch on it because it's about as pure as it gets. Is pastor shepherds, uh, pastors shepherd God's people by caring for them. You know, you read in James five fourteen, if anyone's among you sick, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointed him with oil in the name of the Lord, and. Yeah. You know, this is where it gets really interesting. And this is where a lot of pastors say, this is where pastoral burnout is, is because if mm-hmm. if if you're doing pastoral care, where you're at every funeral, every hospital visit, every house call, every everything, you can't pastor that if when, when it gets beyond your reach. So like, you know, mo- some people have different capacities, like, like um, our church, for example, like Scott has the ability to probably shepherd more people than I do. Like that's just his inane ability in terms of caring for them in this way. Right. Um, but then there's some pastors who they can only handle churches of 50. Some can handle churches of 200. Some I've seen handle 500. But a lot of times it's the fact of inside of those churches, the 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 community is also taking care of one another too. But, it, it, and I'm going to play off of that just a little yeah. bit. And, and it, it should go further. The, the pastor is the shepherd, but each one of us is called to make disciples. So mm-hmm. you can make other shepherds to help to keep from getting burned out. You take one or two, exactly like like a Brandon Soche and like a you and under shepherd you, and then you guys take one or two and under you know make them under shepherds of you. And then and that's and, how I taught my small group leaders at youth group is like right. you're not just a helper for me. You're this like this little group right. of seven. You're la- like you're, you're, you're basically their pastor. Yeah, you're lay You leaders. care for them. Right. You, you watch and, out. And, for and them. that's what you cre- you create disciples to ease the burdens. And not only that is. So, so you can, it's like that my, I haven't used this analogy in a while. It's like having a cup of porridge. Oh, you haven't used this analogy it's, in a it's while, been a year man. It's been or two. years. But it's like having a cup of porridge. I can't feed 50 people with my cup of porridge and make them fill up, but I can feed one or two. And once I feed one or two, 
then they'll have new bowls and they can get porridge. Well, they're at least full to and, even help you maybe make more porridge. Right. And, and, and so then, then we, and, and that's how it spreads. Right. And it eases the burden. Who are your, and there's that old quote of do for the few, which, which you wish you could do for all, because right. in reaching your few, those few will reach few and then right. you will reach all. Um, but you know, this is where it gets interesting. This is kind of like the last little question is the fact of, should we expect, or what should we expect pastors in today's church to do? Because if we go back up to the three views, the CEO of organization, I mean, honestly, Bill's got to get paid. Things got to get done. We got to make sure different things are happening. Some pastors are more equipped to handle that. Some pastors are not, right. but you, there is a level of leadership that has to happen. So there's a little bit of grain of truth in that. You're not the CEO of an organization, unless I guess you have multiple campuses and whatever. Well, I but. mean, we even look at uh, the first martyr, Stephen. Stephen was kind of in charge of the finances. He was the, the deacon. Yeah, he made sure the widows and orphans got food. So he was he was a leader in the church, but it wasn't. It didn't necessarily have to be Peter that did it or Paul that did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Stephen. It was an understudy of the disciple of the understudy. And he was nothing special. He was just a man of the church who loved right. Jesus, and they exactly. called him out from among themselves. And so that's where the gifting comes in. It doesn't always have to be run like a C, like he's the CEO of an organization. He can... Right. But there is administrative, but especially in right. today American church oh, where you have yeah. to do taxes and this and that and right. paperwork and budgets and whatever. Um, but then also with priests, with the spiritual life, yeah, pastors are called to, you know, preach God's word and to teach you God's word. But at the end of the day, we can enter boldly into the throne room. We right. don't need a pastor to get us into the throne right. room. We can just be like, peace, I'm going to go visit Jesus real quick. Right. Like we, we have the ability to do that. But this is this right here is where I think most people have the worst expectation on pastors is the fixer of all of life's problems. You well, know. it's because they themselves typically don't do the studying mm. or they don't have the what we call the tribe to surround themselves with right. that are, are relying on each other to lean on. Right. It's more like, you know, I heard people all the time where it's like, well, you didn't come visit them in the hospital. It's like, um, I didn't know the they pastor, were in the hospital. A, I didn't know they were in the hospital because you don't talk. Right. B, I was on vacation with my family, so I, whatever. And third off, someone else, like one of the other elders, or even he, like I know... um Scott would do is if he's gone, he would call someone else in the church and be like, Hey, can you go visit this person? Cause they have right. that gift. Right. But then people would come back. Uh, people would come back. I'll just do it is. And they would say, well, you didn't visit me. Yeah. And Scott's like, and other pastors that I've known me included have been like, what am I? Why do I have to <laughs> yeah. be the one to do it? Like, right. what do we expect our pastors? You know, yeah. there's one cool story and I've never forgotten it. And this would be my closing thought. Um, Craig Rochelle, he's the pastor down at life.church, right. you know, super huge church, but they're the ones who did you version Bible app and a lot of other cool things. Um, he walked into a hospital once because one of one of the the church members that he was close to was something happened an accident. I don't know they were in the hospital sick something, and he walked in and one of the 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 one of the men in the church I don't know if it was an elder or whatnot came up to him and said, Pastor, what are you doing here? And and Craig was like, I'm because I'm the pastor. I'm 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 here to visit him in the hospital. And he goes, You don't need to be here. You can go home. He's like, No no I'm I'm the pastor. I want to be here for the family. And he goes, Let me show you something. And he took him around the corner. And showed them that family small group, right? All sitting in the way. It's almost right. like if you got an accident, and all of the like the five families in our small group show up, and right. then Scott shows up. Like we, like dude, we got it. Like we're fine. You can pray from afar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, and Craig had that moment of, that's what the saints are supposed to do. Right. 
for loving and caring for one Lean another. On me. And I think that could be a testament to a strong and good pastor that he equipped the saints right. for every good work. Right. He isn't doing every good work by himself. He's exactly. equipping every good saint. Yep. But so many times in today's world, we don't want pastors to equip us. We want pastors mm. to, like, I'm paying you to go do it. Right, right. I pay my tithes for you to go do that. I don't want to do that. Right. And that's not what the church is supposed to be. The not church is supposed all. to be a, we're, we're a one another community who are submitting ourselves to the under shepherd until the great shepherd appears. Amen. Bam. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's, all I, that's it? I'm just copying and pasting it. Dude, no final fun fact I, for you, my dude? No, man, I'm good. You, you said it very well. So oh, my goodness. Why, well, Why would I need to say anything else? I don't know. Well, you got one more thing to, else to say. Oh, I do. You ready? No. Time for Fun It's fun fact time, baby. Yes, it is. Dude, what kind of fun fact do you got to end uh, this question of do churches even need pastors? The fun fact of today. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. It kind of, kind of, sort of, not really ties into what we're talking about. (laughs) Kind of, sort of, what the heck is that supposed to mean? That's a disclaimer for just take it as you want it. (laughs) Uh, So giraffes hum to each other at night to make sure their herd stays together. Wait, what? Giraffes. They hum. Hum to each other at night to make sure the herd stays together. If you're not already completely charmed by giraffes, incredibly long necks and stylish spots, then there's another fact about these super tall creatures that might win you over. Although scientists had previously believed that the animals were probably or were either completely silent or made noises that humans were unable to hear, they recently learned that giraffes can hum and humans can hear it too. In 2015, researchers from the University of Vienna gathered 947 hours of giraffe noises over an (laughs) eight-year period at three zoos, and they discovered that the animals produced a humming sound at night. The scientists hypothesized that the animals do this to help keep their herd together when their vision is impaired in the low light. Whoa. Pretty awesome, isn't it? That's legit. They hum at night so they don't get lost. So they keep the herd together. That's a fun fact. <laughs> so we've learned that uh, lobsters pee on each, each other to communicate. Yep. Uh, we learned from Beth that rhinos poop to communicate. Right. We learned from Olaf that turtles breathe through their butts. And now we learn. And now we learn that giraffes hum to keep the herd together. That's legit, dude. That is the definition. And you know, of the funny, a fun fact. The funny thing is, I didn't even know that this is the topic we were doing tonight, and I found. And you just found it, and that's like the perfect one perfect. to end the episode. Well, hey guys, before we let you guys let you guys before wow, let's bring that. Before we let you all go, just as a quick reminder, you know, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook. We would love to connect with you there. Just to let you know that we want to connect with you. So so reach out to us on those social channels. You can also text us at 574-400-5352. Hit us up at the website, realtalkchristianpodcast.com. And there from there, you can hit the merch store to get some. Crew neck Merch. sweaters, some RTC shirts. We got some uh, some neck gaiters. We got uh, just a mask in general. We got a lot of good stuff over there. We got little tote bags. Little tote bags that says, uh, what is it? Laughed often, live something, drink coffee. Yeah, something. I forget what it it's says. It's a cute little saying. <laughs> it's a cute little saying. But either way, guys, we want to hear from you guys. So reach out to us. We'll be sure to reach out back to you guys. But until next time, take it easy. <laughs>